This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential, and of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. I have a great interview for you today. The gal that I'm interviewing is near and dear to my heart. Her name is Alara Sage, and she's an ecstatic life mentor. She is an embodiment and empowerment mentor, an intuitively gifted healer who coaches provocatively and soulfully. She has over 15 years of experience helping others reignite and transform their own lives. Alara works with leaders, visionaries, and creatives who desire to fully embody their genius, power, and magnetism. More importantly, she has walked the walk. Alara is passionate about helping women realize that a woman who is turned on in life activates the world around her. So today's conversation is so beautiful. I'm really excited for you to dive into this, but what I really want to celebrate in this conversation as well is that Alara is the 100th interview that I'm dropping on my podcast channel since March of 2019. And with that, her and I have agreed to do a special giveaway for the seven days from the date that this drops until seven days later you have to enter. And what you need to do is write a review for my podcast channel, Living in First Alignment, write a review for her podcast channel, The Ecstatic Woman, email me the screenshots, and you'll be entered into win either a 60-minute human design and gene keys business coaching session with me or a 60-minute Shakti energy clearing session with Alara. And I can tell you now, I've done the Shakti clearing session with Alara. It is incredible. We're going to talk a little bit more about this in the episode together. So be sure to enter the giveaway if you're listening to this when this drops. And I'll put a reminder at the end of the episode and you can find the instructions and my email in the show notes. So with that being said, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to the 100th interview that I've done with a guest on this channel. Let's dive into the conversation. Alara, I'm so excited to have you here and I'm so grateful for everyone to be listening because Alara and I got connected through a friend of ours, Sway, and Alara had me on her podcast channel, which she recently launched, which is so exciting. And we've just been like dancing in each other's worlds. And I thought you need to come onto my channel and have a conversation with me and share your genius because she's just so embodied in the work that she does. So Alara, welcome to the channel. I'm so excited to have you here. Mm, thank you, Kayla. I've just so enjoyed dancing with you and just our energies together and the different times we've been able to spend time together. Yes, it's been so nourishing. Mm-hmm. That's what I find when I'm in your energy, it's like nourishing. Mm-hmm. And I notice there's this like silliness that comes up between us. <laughs> <laughs> I'll share this. Yeah, I'm going to share this short story. So, Laura and I did a podcast interview for her channel, and she emails me this little recording mm. of me kind of saying something. And then I sort of giggle at the end. She's like, I just love the way you scrunch your nose because it's like me. And I thought, oh my God, this is hilarious. So, there's just these little things that we end up celebrating in conversation that I thoroughly enjoy. <laughs> I totally was so in love with you in that moment. I was like rewinding it, watching it and going, oh my God, that face. I just want to give her a hug. Like, it's so cute. Oh, so good. Well, we're going to bring this energy to the conversation today. So Alara, I would love if you can share with us how you started your journey in the work that you do, because it's just so feminine and rich and like juicy. And I, I'm so excited to share your energy on this channel. Mm. Yes. I mean, honestly, when I look back on it, I've been in it, you know, of course, my whole life. And there's been several really powerful, pivotal points for me in my life. However, the one that is like, really the juiciest and the most fun to talk about was that one day I was driving my car to go work on horses. At the time, I was a physical therapist for horses. So I did body work on horses. And I got in my car and I was driving the back roads and my higher self came in and said, Ohm three times. And 
I knew what oming was. It wasn't what I did in my own personal practice. I did, I just started meditating, but I knew what it was. So I was like, sure, okay. Oh, you know, and did that three nice deep breaths. And at the very end of the third one, an energy shot through my body, out my crown, and I went into full body orgasm. I had never experienced a full body orgasm. Never. I even struggled to orgasm sexually. So like, this was like a whole new experience for me. <laughs> I had to pull the car over. Of course, luckily I was only like on the back roads going like 30 miles an hour. And wow, the energy was just surging and pulsating through my body and talk about delicious and juicy. And it lasted like what seemed like a couple of minutes. And when it kind of relaxed a little bit, oh my gosh, I was on cloud nine. I was so filled with bliss and ecstasy. And I was like, wow, I had no idea what happened. I had no idea what that energy was, nothing. I just knew that that was incredible. And now I'm totally lit. And, you know, I got onto the freeway and was like driving the rest of the way. And you know, when you're just like so lit that you're like, music is blaring and like, you can barely sit still on the seat. And I'm like, hey to everybody, you know, <laughs> like having so much fun. And little did I know that, um, yeah, it was a spontaneous Kundalini awakening. So the energy shot through my body, Kundalini Shakti shot through my body. And then what ensued after that day, I was lit the entire day. And then what happened when that energy went through my body is it really released a lot of stagnation, a lot of stagnant trauma and emotions that I had pushed down. One of the ironies of the experience was that I considered myself to be an emotionally stable person, but the truth was, is that I was just suppressing my emotion. So all of that emotion started roaring out of my body over the next several months. And it was very, very chaotic. One minute I would be screaming with rage. The next minute I would be laughing kind of like ah, hysterically weird. And then the next minute I would be bawling my eyes out, particularly for like the first month or two. I even kept checking in with my higher self. Like, am I going crazy? And my hair self was like, no, just let the emotion through your body. So I did the best that I could. And, you know, about four or five, six months, I don't really remember. It subsided. I started to each reach an equilibrium. And this book landed in my lap as the universe so beautifully does. And it was called Kundalini Awakening. And the first chapter was about spontaneous Kundalini Awakening. And, you know, the the beauty of that experience was it really brought me the spectrum, right? It showed me like what was possible, what was available to me as a human. And then the contrast of where I, what I was living in, which was very numb, not alive. And even like things that I enjoyed, I, I didn't really feel a lot of joy in. And so that contrast was so radical, so extreme that I was just, you know, immediately devoted to what is that? How do I create that in my life? You know, how do I connect to that? Obviously it's possible. And so that really began this journey of, yeah, connecting to my own ecstatic self. Later, I met a shaman who said, you're an ecstatic. And I was like, what is that? You know, and he was the one that started to teach me about the Shakti and my ecstatic self. That's amazing. What a beautiful story. And I've heard about Kundalini awakenings, but I never realized that they could be spontaneous. Like usually it's like somebody has quote intentionally activated it. So I'm curious if you can speak to that a little bit, because I feel like, or even just a little bit more of what a Kundalini awakening is, because you mentioned the Shakti energy. And I think those are some of the words that I've never talked about on my channel, though I have an idea because I've done some personal work with you. But I think that would paint like a really beautiful picture for our listeners. Absolutely. So Kundalini Shakti, it's usually called Kundalini. That's what's more known in the spiritual community, but I see it as Shakti is creative life force energy. So it is the creative life force energy that we all carry. And it's really right at the base of our body, right above our root chakra inside our body. And it's an energy when, when the traditional teachings of Tantra, right? Shakti is the femme 
archetype, the goddess. And, you know, the Shakti travels through the body to the crown to meet her beloved Shiva. And that's an awakening. That's enlightenment. Now, the truth is that Shakti doesn't just travel through the body. She travels out into um, the the light body, all of the chakras that exist out of the body. She's nonlinear. She's the feminine. She is very, very deeply healing. Her symbol of the, the cross going up and the two serpents is now taken by the medical system, right? She's the internal healing. And she's also, you know, our own journey of consciousness through ourselves, through this human form, through this, this life. That's so beautiful. And it's funny because you mentioned the cross with the serpents and I obviously recognize the symbol, but it's so interesting to see how there's like spirituality meeting science right there, which is so beautiful. Yeah. So I would love if you can share more. So you've had this Kundalini awakening and you start to get deeper into this work. Like how did that shift or create, you know, your, your business path and how you got into the work that you do with clients? Well, I was working with horses at that time and they were teaching me healing. I have horses have been one of my most incredible teachers all my life. I started with horses when I was very young and honestly, they've been one of my primary teachers and doing physical therapy to the horses lasted very little amount of time. And they started teaching me energy work and all these beings started showing up and angels and you know, started teaching me how to utilize energy and how to channel energy and how to heal the horses. And it was in a tremendous experience of being taught by both of those beings because horses are very, very sensitive. And, um, and so that just started happening. <laughs> and then, um, I started communicating with the horses and, you know, I was very skeptic during some of this stuff. I mean, I was kind of like, okay, whatever seeing angels, I'm talking to horses, whatever, you know, like part of me was like, yeah, sure. You know, and then of course the other part of me resonated very deeply. Like, of course this is happening, but I want to speak to that skepticism because I think we all experience that, particularly at the beginning. Like, is this really happening? Am I going crazy? Am I making this up? Right. And with some of my closest clients of, of the horse physical therapy, I started telling them things that the horses were telling me and they were like, what, like, how did you know that, you know? And so then I moved into animal communication and I uh, was communicating and connecting to animals, you know, over phone and, and uh, most of my business was over phone. And then one day my higher self was like, you're going to start working with people. And I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'll stick to the animals. And my higher self was like, yes, you are. And then my sessions, like just, you know, cause it's not really not up to me. I'm just the one that's like being in the energy. My, my sessions just started shifting to the people. It was almost embarrassing because somebody would call me and be like, okay, my dog's barking. And I'm like, uh, you're not expressing something to your husband. And she's like, yeah, that's true. And I'm like, okay, well, once you do that, your dog will stop barking. And then she called me like two weeks later. And she's like, it's true. It worked. And I was like, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is amazing. You know, I, I didn't know this about you. Cause obviously we were, we've had a few conversations together now, but now I'm learning about you, which is so beautiful. <laughs> and it's so fascinating to hear that you you're so connected with animals. And my intuition wants to ask, do you have the 19th gene key? I don't. You don't. Okay. Mm. Do you have it in your human design chart? Do you know if it's activated? I don't know. There? What is the programming partner? It is. Mm. Well, I know that's part of the 1949 channel. I can't remember the programming partner, but it's in the root center. We'll have to look afterwards. Oh, the have 19th, to look yeah. Yeah. Because the 19th gene key is like so sensitive and is deeply mm. connected to animals, but so is the 55th and the 22nd. Mm. So we can mm. dive into that after, but I just thought yeah. I would ask, cause like your sensitivity and your energy and like receptivity is just so vast, right? Yeah. That's so, so interesting. I would love to ask a little bit more, like the way that you communicated with animals, or even if you are still communicating with animals in the work that you do, how does that differ than how you intuitively receive messages for people or how you connect to people? It really doesn't. Um, even when I was working with the animals, I was primarily working with the higher selves. Like that's always just how information has come to me is through higher selves. And so I, for some reason, have a deep connection to higher selves and they're just always <laughs> knocking on my door, um, my own being included, you know, and then when I'm working with clients, 
like they'll, you know, their higher self will knock on my door, you know, six o'clock in the morning. You got to, you got to talk to so-and-so about this, you know? And I'm like, okay. And then if I forget, it's like tap, tap, tap. No, remember you got to talk. Okay. Okay. You know? And that was very similar with the animals. I wasn't, I didn't feel like, I know some animals communicators talk really directly to the animals. I never really felt like I was doing that because the, the awareness, the perspective wasn't animal perspective. It was more like a, a higher, higher perspective. That's higher so beautiful. Yeah. I've always been curious if, you know, I've, I've heard of a few other people who can like be connected and communicate with animals that I wasn't sure. It's like, are you speaking English? Like, is it just these knowings or these feelings? So I think, I think it's really interesting to hear you share that. So thank you for sharing that. So I would love to hear more if you can share the work that you do with clients and the transformation that you started to see, because obviously not, I mean, you have your own unique way of how you connect to the higher self and how you do this work with clients. And some people maybe have more work to do in order to connect to their higher self. But I, I believe that everyone can have, you know, these abilities. And I think you do as well. But I'm just curious, can you share more of some of the beautiful transformations and experiences that you've had with clients through the work that you do? Yeah, absolutely. I love that you say it because I agree with you. And part of my job always is to like empower people, right? Like the last thing I want is people to be, you know, using me instead of like engaged and embodied in their own power. So for me, it's always, the truth is, is that people are already receiving the messages. So I'm a lot of a validation for uh, my clients in the intuition, in the connecting to their higher self. Um, but a lot of what I do is really help people to learn how to very powerfully and consciously create their reality, as well as play with their reality. I see our physical reality very, very much as a playground, as a holographic reality, as a reflection, kind of like a house of mirrors. And I come at it in that playful way of, you know, what is, what is being reflected to you right now? What's, what is the universe speaking to you? And I really walk my clients through this realization. And so they start to connect to the reality in this very, very playful way, but also this high awareness super, super high awareness where everything becomes this beautiful conversation, right? This beautiful conversation between ourselves and the universe, ourselves and others. And everything is a conversation and a relationship. So I help people to really deepen into their bodies, deepen into their power and learn how to like, what is really desiring to be created through them, which is such a powerful thing is most of the time when people are meeting me, they're like, okay, this is what I, I want this. And I want this and I want this. And I'm like, yay. Yes. That's fantastic. And let's feel into like, what is really your desire? What is really lighting you up? And sometimes they're in alignment and sometimes they're kind of like, well, like, this is what really lights me up and this is what I want, you know? So I direct people to that lit state, that passion state, that real connection to really what I experience with that bliss, that ecstasy, because that's where flow is created. When we are connected to what lights us up, life becomes very, very fluid and flowy. So then they start to connect to this flow in their life through what's lighting them up. And then they're able to really create very, very easily. I mean, like, for instance, I had a client who she was like, I'm going to put my house on the market. I feel very intuitively driven to do that. And she'd like lived in her house for like 30 some years. She raised her boys in it. Like it's a big deal, big life change. And I'm like, okay, great. And like, how do you feel? Oh, I feel good. It's intuitive hit just feels really in alignment. Okay, great. And then it's just like, oh, this is the price I'm going to ask for. And she got that. Like, it was just such an easy fluid. And she was like surprised. She thought this should have been harder. I should have been more scared. You know, like it was a big life decision. Not only did she sell her house, she moved in with her mother to assist her mother in crossing over, passing away, which her mother did. So it was like, you know, selling her house, moving in with her mom in this tiny one bedroom apartment and then helping her mom transition. And all of this came so fluidly and not only with fluid, but it lit her up. All of it lit her up. This is so beautiful. You know what? We're going to dive into this creative and manifestation energy because we chatted about this a little bit before I hit record. And uh, 
I want to ask you what is, and I want you to go deeper into this because you started to tell me and I was like, oh, we need to hit record before we start getting into the weeds. But I want to hear you share this difference or your perception on, you know, being a, being the creative or the creator versus manifesting because there's so many different views on this. And I think you're really starting to tap into something right now that I think we need to just blow up into the conversation. Absolutely. And, you know, I always start off by saying like, I honor manifestation, right? And I honor law of attraction and I honor all of those teachings. And for everybody, it's about, you know, connecting to what resonates with you. And as I've worked in manifestation, really, it always kind of felt um, a little bit flat to me. And I like every time I would like, okay, I'm going to manifest something. I'm a really great manifester. Like I manifest really easily. But anytime that I would like, okay, I'm going to go manifest something. It was like, well, who is I, right? Like, why do I think I need this? Why do I think I need to create this? And when I really got down to it, it always stemmed from some sort of belief that I needed it, that, you know, I was supposed to have it, that really what I was in right now wasn't absolutely perfect, right? And so one of my teachings from my higher self has been the absolute perfection of this very moment, which sometimes is a really hard pill to swallow, right? Like sometimes, like for all you listeners, I get it. I've been through some times that I'm like, I don't want this pill. <laughs> like, can I have another pill, please? Right? But, and there's so much wisdom that we're literally attempting to learn through that moment. So when we're manifesting, sometimes we're trying to put ourselves into a different state of being, right? And not to say you can't do that from a state of presence and embodiment because you can, but I feel like largely it's not, it's not where it's at. Largely when we're manifesting, we're trying to be somebody else, somewhere else, some different timeline, right? So that's manifesting. Creating to me is about being really, really present and in the moment and in your body. And then it's about really connecting to your power and your genius, right? Which Kayla knows so much about with the gene keys. Like, who are you? What is your unique fractal of consciousness? Your unique fractal, I always see it as like the shard of glass that is a different, a speci specific color, right? Multifaceted, that light is shining through, that the light of love, right? The light of consciousness is trying to shine through you. And so when we are asking those questions of like, who am I and what is my genius and how do I embody that? we are in a state of surrender and allowance. And now what's happening is that Shakti, that creative life force energy is now moving through us, moving through our gifts, moving through our genius, moving through the uniqueness that is us into our physical reality. And when we're conscious and aware and using the gene keys, I love the gene keys and we're using the gene keys, we are conscious of it and we're able to really powerfully create what I call our heart's desires. And our heart's desires feel like home. Our heart's desires are that deep light. Like they just light us up. They shake our body when we connect to them. Like, oh my gosh, yes, I want to create that, you know? But the creative process, I say it's like, giving birth, you know, like, yeah, you can get pregnant and you kind of have an idea because we understand the gestation period of a human, how long it's going to take, but you can't be like, yo, uh, let's go. Right. It's going to take what it's going to take. And our creative process has its own timeline and it is very feminine energy. She does not move linearly. She is all over the place. She's fluid. She's flowy. And so it's about being embodied, connecting to that power, connecting to that Shakti, feeding yourself with honor and love and reverence and allowing that creative process through you, allowing like creation to be created through you on its timeline, which is so much more magical than anything that our ego mind could ever come up with. This is such a beautiful share. And I, I love so much how you're sharing this and how I'm seeing it in my mind is really being the creator is having everything that we have right now, everyone, like everything that we are being as a person and moving from that to create. Whereas the way that you shared manifestation is kind of like this, 
point A to point B, and I'm going to be who I'm supposed to be for point B now. And it's almost this form of self-rejection rather than looking at how we can embody everything in this present moment. And it's so interesting too, because naturally I'm hearing you share this and I'm just like seeing the pearl sequence in my mind, you know, like that prosperity in the present simplicity, right? And so it's just, it's really beautiful to hear you share that. And I love how you just, the way that you share and you talk about who we are as people and what we can create is so full from the inside. Mm. Like it just, it just feels like it's overflowing. Like there's nothing mm. missing. It's just like oozing in the most delicious human way mm. possible. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Thank you. And yeah, because when we, you know, like if we were to like say, and I know manifestation is not all about money, but that's just an easy one to use as an example. Like if we're saying, okay, I want to create 30 K a month, not to say that you can't have that goal because goals are powerful, but if you're trying to manifest, okay, 30 K a month, then like, that's one avenue of wealth, right? That's one channel of how energy wants to move through us. So there's an intelligence that is so far beyond our human mind. And I feel like that's where creation, when we think of it as allowing the energy through us, we're really allowing that intelligence through us. It's like putting ourselves aside and being like, yeah, like <laughs> I'm not going to pretend like I know all of the different ways that magic is truly attempting to create in my life. Right. And I think that's really the beauty of it because the amount of times that I've just been like, whoa, I had no idea that's what wanted to be created, you know? And like, wow, look where that took me. I mean, like the perfect example is the horses and all of that and that pathway. If I would have been like, I want to be this, you know, like there, there would have been this narrow channel. Manifestation has a lot of like narrowing of possibility and potential. I need to have it like this or this way. Whereas the creative process is, is, is fullness. It's wholeness. Yes. I love how you said that, that fullness and that wholeness, like it's expansive because it's, it's so interesting. There is so much nuance in getting specific, right? Because then it's like, oh, you cut off the possibilities, but it's also, you need to know what it is that you desire, but then the feminine is taking the hands off the steering wheel yes. and letting it drive how it's meant to, which is obviously terrifying. <laughs> Metaphorically speaking, that sounds terrifying, but it is how you're going to go down the path that you're meant to go on, which is really beautiful. So Absolutely. I feel like the gene keys are kind of whistling their way into our conversation mm -hmm. right now. And I would really love to hear what your journey with the gene keys has been, because obviously you invited me onto your channel. We dove into the gene keys and we dove into so many beautiful conversations in that, but I would love to hear how it's shown up for you. Cause I can hear like the naturalness of the gene keys coming through your sharing. Absolutely. I'm a, a line one creator. And then I have, you know, line three pearl and line threes in my activation sequence. So one in threes. And yeah, so, you know, I mean, of course, as a gene keys does, and it has all these magical tools do it came through a person. And as soon as my friend said it, she's like, Oh, I found this thing called the gene keys. I was like, what are they? <laughs> you know, I was like, immediately magnetized to them. And I'm a person of quite high intensity. I usually like really dive into things, which is what I really love about the gene keys. Cause it was almost like a checkmate there for me where, you know, I sometimes tend to dive in and like, grr, 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 grr. and the gene keys was like, this is not how we work. Cause she's so feminine. It is a feminine energy. And I think that the time that she dropped in, which was like 2021 in my life was where I was really deepening my relationship with the feminine. And I think she was, you know, that, that presence of that teaching was one of the, yeah, we're going to learn to work with this very differently. Right. And the gene keys have absolutely changed my life. Absolutely. Like radically changed my life. What I love about the gene keys that I have never connected to human design with nor astrology. Like I've had astrological readings and been like, yeah, that's great. I've had one human design reading. Like, okay, that's great. Like whatever. Like I'm not a, like that kind of information felt much more masculine and I just was never drawn to it. <clears throat> what I loved about gene keys is it gives you the shadow, the gift and the Cidic state. And so to me, it was this beautiful, like roadmap of, all the different expressions, right? 
not just like, this is what you're born into, because I, I feel like, well, but that's what we're born as where, what are we becoming? What is the full fruition of what is possible for us? Which I really felt that it just is right there in front of you with the gene keys. And so I love to dive deep into my own limiting beliefs. I love to have the conversation with the universe. So my experience with the gene keys, I immediately worked with it intuitively and just, you know, whichever gene key stood out. And then I grabbed that word of the shadow and was like, show me, show me how this shows up in my life. How do I play out the shadow? And sure enough, as it always does, oh, here it is. And here it is. And here it is. And here it is. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> I like that. All right. Woo. You know, and really expose some things <clears throat> of myself that I just wasn't aware of and obviously was, you know, ready to see. So it has just been such an incredible journey. And I love continuously coming back to the word because I have found that sometimes the words were kind of confusing for me initially. And I was like, well, that doesn't resonate or whatever, you know, it, like I didn't quite understand it. So I just started asking the question, the inquiry. Okay, show me, show me. I don't understand this word. I don't understand what this is saying to me. Show me how it plays out through me. And then as I was shown, I could come back to the word. Okay, I'm understanding it more. You know, now show me again and keep circling back around and creating this deeper intimacy with myself through that specific uh, key. This is such a beautiful share because I feel like the gene keys are kind of always down to be in the foreplay mode. Just like, <laughs> like, I don't, I just felt the urge to say that. Like it's always the gene keys want to be in foreplay. And if you try to just go in there and figure it out, or like, I need the answer to this, but you're coming from this premature, like I'm going to penetrate this gene key and figure it out. Like it, it shuts down. It's actually crazy. And this, I've had this conversation in many different flavors with people where if they, if they don't understand the shadow or the gift of the city, and then they're trying to figure it out and they're like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And it's like, it's like the gene keys freeze and they just stop moving. And then the aliveness is like, they, they make you wait, right? There's this patience that is required to really receive the wisdom. And it's just so funny. It's so cheeky, right? And whenever, you know, I, I connect with people I'm like, yeah, I just don't get it. Or it's to this, it's to that. And it's like, yeah, you're just not into the foreplay of the gene keys. Like that's oh. basically what's happening. So I just, I know you're like smiling so hard right now, but doesn't that feel like the truth? I love that so much. I mean, I adore the word cheeky and I love that you said that to the gene keys. And absolutely. I mean, that's what it taught me. I had no patience literally before I met the gene keys and I felt like working with it just kept really asking me to soften, 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 let go, relax, come into this space together. Yeah. I, I still feel like it's still teaching me that. <laughs> Oh yeah. We're going to be learning from the gene keys forever. I would love if you can share a recent gene key that you've been contemplating and you've been asking the universe and your higher self, like, show me, show me, like, I want to hear a, like a tangible story for people to see how you kind of went through the process of contemplating that gene key. Absolutely. So the gene keys come to me now that I'm comfortable with my own profile, they'll come to me and say, like, my higher self will say, like, look at this gene key, or I'll get that with clients, like, go have your client look at the purpose or their life's work, you know, and that's the one that's like up for them right now. And so recently, <clears throat> the one that was up for me was um, the attraction, because I've been really working with my own magnetism. And I have uh, turbulence, humanity and compassion with the line five of entrapment. <laughs> so it's like the, the energy of, I mean, there's, there's definitely a sexual wound there, you know, I mean, I think I was sexually wounded as a child and like, really like, I mean, my sexual energy has always just been this, like, I don't get it. Right. Like, I don't understand when I, was in like high school and all of that. Uh, I'm, I'm highly sexual and magnetic, but it was like attracting, of course, turbulence, right? It was attracting my shadow. And I was just like, uh, I don't know what this is. I have to shut this all down, you know, because like it was creating so much chaos that I wasn't even asking for. But of course my shadow was working through that wounding 
um, of my sexual wound. And it's taken me so long. And that was one of the ones that I think was just like, kind of like a blow when I read it, I was like entrapment. And when I read the line, it was like talking about, you know, like entrapping with your sexual energy to manipulate. And I could really see how I have done that so much in my life. And the beauty of moving through that line and coming back into, and I, again, still totally feel like I'm working through this of like, where is a healed sexual energy in its power, right? Because five line being so powerful and so sensual. So where is that in myself that feels safe because there hasn't been a sense of safety there? And really in, in that, that gift of like the, the humanness of it. Right. And of course my body and being human and feeling really safe in this human expression with that particular energy. And yeah. So like, even in the last couple of weeks, I've just been really contemplating that when I was literally looking at it today and just reading the line over again and like really feeling how the healing is really coming through. I don't remember what the it's entrapment. I think sensuality is. Yeah. The, the I just looked it up because I was listening to you and it was the way that you were sharing your transformation and your shifting was like so sensual. And so I was like, you totally nailed it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And it's like so beautiful because now I feel like I can bring that sensuality through and I really have been bringing it through and it doesn't feel at all like, Hey, I'm trying to lure you or I'm trying to, you know, get you or, and that's what I really felt when I was a kid. Like I felt like that's the energy I was coming from and I didn't understand it, you know, and it's absolutely like what was happening and then what was causing the turbulence. Another side of it for me is, is the, the power of my magnetism has also been a state of turbulence for me. It's kind of like, it can be so much that I'll just like shut it all down and like, so that, cause it's like, it can be too much. That turbulence can come through as like, whoa, like, I mean, Richard speaks of turbulence, you know, on a plane of that like bumpiness. And it can just be like so much energy that I'll shut it all down or create something in my life. That's this radical shift or pivot or change so that I can like abandon that, leave that and like create something new because it's getting to be too much over there. I love that we're talking about this, the 36th gene key, because this is my life's work. Oh, of course. And okay, here to the listeners, why I'm laughing is because when I did the podcast interview with Alara, there was like four or five gene keys that we talked about. Like we have not seen each other's gene keys and we have a very similar ones. But then afterwards, I think we we're talking about the 11 gene keys. There was probably four or five that we had. But then afterwards, you're like, oh, do you have this one? And it was like all the ones we didn't have didn't come up in conversation. So it's just so funny how this like naturally comes up. And I really love hearing your experience about the 36 in the attraction sphere, because it's so different than me having it in my life's work, right? Because the way I see my life's work is like, you know, especially from because I use the gene keys in business, I'm like my entrepreneurial journey, I can tell you many times where I've seen turbulence, like so many times. But then I come back to the humanness and the uniqueness that each of us have in our own journey as a business owner and as an entrepreneur and the emotionality because a 36 gene key is in the emotional solar plexus in the human design chart. And it's like having that compassion for the turbulence on that freaking airplane and just being patient and like riding through it, right? So it's very beautiful to hear you share from it, from an attraction sphere lens and how that plays out. And then obviously like me listening to you and be like, oh my God, I have this in my life's work. And it's like, I love how the gene keys, there's just so many flavors. There's like the 64 gene keys, there's three frequencies, and then there's the lines and it's like the spheres, like there's so many layers and it's so funny because I feel like people get so overwhelmed, but it's honestly just like, it's a slow burn. It's like, it's like a piece of chocolate that you put in your mouth and you just let it melt. And it's like, I feel like you you said that in our last conversation. Like, it's just this gooiness, right? And I want to say like to the listeners, Kayla was phenomenal. 
Kayla, like somehow magically connected. I think it was four of my gene keys that you kept calling. You were like, oh, this gene key. And I was like, no, wait, I have that gene key. And then you were like, this gene key. And I was like, no, wait, I have that one too. Like, stop. You're just like, <laughs> you were just like magically connecting to my profile. Again, never having seen it. We had never even talked about our profiles before. Yeah, super cool. I think that's the magnetism. Like when, you know, actually this is interesting. I'm kind of having this intuitive hit right now. How, you know, earlier when we were talking about being the creator versus manifesting and just having a different lens and being the creator is like already being full and wholesome in the way that we push out and create rather than needing to close that gap. And it's like us, we were talking about our gene keys because we accept them, their shadow gift and city. And through mm. that, we have this wholesome conversation and we're magnetically connecting with the best versions of each other simply because we're just allowing and accepting that energy to show up as it is without thinking, oh, I need to be this way or have this thing and whatever. So I was just like, oh, interesting. Like that just intuitively dropped into me. And I thought that's such a beautiful way to kind of like tie that part of the conversation together. Mm, I really feel that. Yes, absolutely. So mm. beautiful. <gasps> What is what is one of your favorite things about the Gene Keys that has supported you from a business perspective? Because obviously this is, you know, the essence of how I talk about the Gene Keys on my channel. Yeah. So my life's work uh, is the 48 Gene Key of Wisdom. And it's Richard Rudd says it's the goddess energy. And it was one of those things, again, kind of like the animals, which is funny that this is coming up because... Same thing happened where my higher self was like, you're going to start working with women specifically because I wasn't specifically one or the other. And because of just like my energy, I attract men very, very easily and can work, you know, can I've been able to like manipulate them, right? Not consciously, but like just, oh yeah, like they'll just come in like here, like, you know, let's just do work. And so when my higher self was like, you're going to work with women only I've had so much trauma with women. Like I hung, I used to hang out when I was a kid, like in high school and stuff with men, with boys, with guys, because women were just so challenging for me. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand like the way that they communicated and like the way that they worked. And like guys were really straightforward for me. And also, you know, I can see my line five in there as well. That we were just talking about, but it was so challenging for me being my brand, being my life's work. When I saw that and heard that, I mean, it was one of those like, yeah, no. Right. Again, just same thing when my higher self was like, you're going to start working with people from animals. I was like, yeah, no, like that just doesn't feel safe, you know? And then it just, it just really powerfully happened. But the amount of healing that I have gone through because of that, I mean, I would never, ever change that for anything in the whole world because I have had to just heal so much deep shame within myself to be able to hold a container for women and to be able to really show up because the shadow of that is inadequacy. And that one has undermined me so many times in my business where if I you know, I'm out of alignment. I'll start to feel inadequate and I'll start to reach and grasp outside of myself. Like, oh, I'll just hire another coach and pay money and I'll just spend money. And like, that'll fix my problem because I'm inadequate. I don't feel like I can really just trust my power. And so all of this process of, yeah, learning to move through that shadow of inadequacy and really deepen into the feminine energy within myself and highlight that energy and other women. That was something that came to me like just two weeks ago. Like it's not about the goddess energy within me. It's actually about lighting up the goddess energy in others, which was like, wow. Like I'm so deeply honored. I love this for so many reasons. The first one I will say is that I have the 48 in my attraction. <laughs> of course. <laughs> And I know, Whoa. I know to the listeners, you're like, why are these girls freaking out about the gene keys? But we, okay. Last time we talked about random gene keys, we didn't talk about the spheres they were in. So now we're talking about having the same gene keys and the opposite spheres. Wow. And it's just like really interesting. So like, no, I hearing you talk about inadequacy and resourcefulness and wisdom is like so resonant, even for myself. And you know what? It's so beautiful to hear how you have shifted 
through that. Actually, you know what? What's coming up for me right now is earlier when you were talking about how, let's say with astrology and human design, it's like, well, you know, this is who you are, but you want to know the roadmap for who it is you're becoming. And it's like, even though you have the 48, it's that doesn't mean that you are inadequate for the rest of your life. It's like, mm-hmm. well, no, I'm I'm revisiting inadequacy and I'm moving through resourcefulness and wisdom. And it's like that has shown up in when we did our session together when a bunch of the gals from the podcast launch came into that conversation and you held that space and we connected with one another I would have never thought that you had you know like a sisterhood or a woman wound Mm. in relationships because of the way you Mm. held that space Mm. and so it's just so beautiful how what I love about the gene keys is that because they are living and breathing and they're so deeply connected literally to our genetics and our DNA it's like it's not it doesn't define who we are it shows us the possibility of where we can go which is so like powerful like I have like chills sharing that yeah I love how you brought up that party the podcast launch party that I did because to me that was like such a space of like I can't believe that I was able to hold that container because I've just never been able to do that and of course it's been happening over the past you know couple of years but that was like one of those moments where I felt like wow, that's, that's me walking towards that shadow of inadequacy because I was willing to be like, okay, I hold inadequacy in my feminine energy, right? Within my own feminine energy and like moving through that, that's what was able to allow me to cultivate that space. And so, yeah, when I say the gene keys has changed my life, It's just so multifaceted the way that it has deepened my capacity to my own truth. And again, like it feels like home, you know, when we connect to that part of ourselves, like that party, that experience that we went, like I was so lit. I was just like, wow, like that fulfilled me. It filled me. It lit me up. It just, it lit my heart up. It felt so good. Right. And again, because of the shadow, not, not in lack of the shadow, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so, so good. And you know what? One thing that I love is that I want more people, obviously the people listening to this channel are going to know what the gene keys are because I just like literally all I talk about now, but the more that people get curious and dive into the gene keys, like we can witness this in other people right? Like, for example, I just called you out in the sense of like, I saw this show up in our incredible networking event, and the podcast party. And then it's like, I get to witness you in that and see you in your empowerment. And it's like, it's just, it's just so good. It's so I feel like so like, I feel cozy right now talking about this. (laughs) So I think it's like home. It's all cozy. Yes. Oh, so beautiful. Before I wrap up our conversation today, I would really love for you to intuitively share a piece of wisdom that wants to come through for our listeners right now. One of the things that I feel has been one of my biggest journeys is this deepening into trust. And so my sharing of wisdom is that ultimately, you know what is best for you, your own heart and your soul know what is best for you, know what is in resonance for you, know the magic that is attempting to be created through you. And we can absolutely have mentors. I am a mentor. I use mentors all the time. We can have mentors. We can have coaches. We can have all these tools to assist us to continue to validate and deepen into that self-trust so that we are constantly connected to that own rhythm of really our own heartbeat, you know, our own essence. I love that you said this because this morning, do you have the Oracle, the Wisdom Keepers deck, the Gene Keys? No, I didn't even know there was one. Oh my gosh. Well, here I am. And I'll put this in the show notes for the listeners. So there's a an Oracle deck Mm. called the wisdom keepers inner guidebook. And there's, there's 64 gene keys in that. So you have, you know, the shadow gift in city, there's like this beautiful story. Mm. And so this morning I pulled the fifth gene key 
And it's so interesting because the shadow is impatience and then we have patience and timelessness. And so I'm listening to you and I'm laughing at how the universe is just like playing this cosmic joke right now, because one of the big things that came up with the word patience is trusting ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and you just talk so beautifully about finding that rhythm and that divine timing and in the human design chart, the fifth gene key is in the sacral center as a gate connecting to the 15th. And that's the channel of rhythm. And the 15th gene key itself as a gate in the human design chart too, but as a gene key, it is about the, the, the heartbeat of the earth mm. and that divine timing. Cause there's that city of fluorescence, which is like the natural flourishing that happens yeah. through being magnetic and alchemizing yeah. the dullness that we experience in our human life experiences. So I'm just listening to you and I'm like, Whoa, like this is full circle and I had right. to bring up the fifth when you said that because it was and I so have that in my human design mm. this is such a magical conversation and that's that's really about creation versus manifestation right because yeah. again it's like that patience that trust that opening to allow it to all be created and, and played out rather than like oh it has to happen this way yeah beautiful <laughs> so good oh I love this so again the next part before I wrap things up I want to share for the listeners, I did a Shakti session with Alara and it was mm. incredible. Mm. It was such a beautiful doorway for me to tap into my feminine and for her to really help me process some shit <laughs> that yeah. I was going through. <laughs> and I highly recommend her for that. And Alara, mm. I want to invite you right now to share like how people can connect with you and work with you. And I'm going to put these links in the show notes as well. Absolutely. People can connect me at alarisage.com is my website. You know, they can join me on Instagram and, you know, definitely reach out. I'm a big, big believer in connection. People can message me or you can book a connection call. We can have like a conversation like Kayla and I are having right now. I'd love to connect to people. I love to hear them and to see them and to illuminate them. And also, of course, I have my podcast, the Ecstatic Woman Podcast. Yay! I know. I'm so excited about this. And I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes if you listeners want to tune into the episode that Alara and I did during her podcast launch, which was really beautiful. So thank you so much for coming on and having this fun, dynamic conversation with me today. It was so much fun. So magical. Thank you so much, Kayla. You're welcome. I want to remind the listeners that there is a giveaway with this episode. So I shared the introduction. I'll share it again and it will be in the show notes. But all you have to do is leave a review for my podcast channel. Leave a review for Alara's podcast channel. Email me the screenshots. Hello at KaylaG.com. You have the next seven days to do that. And we're going to draw two winners. One is going to win a 60-minute human design and GMP business coaching session with me. And the second winner will win a 60-minute Shakti energy clearing session with Alara. And just for funsies, if you share this episode and tag both of us so I can see it, that'll give you a bonus entry, which is amazing. So we are going to be emailing the winners seven days from now of this episode dropping. So you have the next week to enter and we are so excited to connect with you. And thank you in advance for sharing and also leaving a review. And of course, if you haven't subscribed yet to the channel, please do. Lots more goodies and beautiful conversations coming your way. And I will chat with you in the next episode.